Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Our podcast documents the oral history of contemporary art, film, and architecture. Today's conversation is the first in our new playlist series. We're inviting artists, curators, architects, writers, filmmakers, and cultural producers to introduce episodes from our archive. From the Netherlands, curator, writer, and arts producer Sasha Days works internationally, an advisor to numerous festivals and arts venues. Her practice centers on creating new dialogues and forging collaborations across cultures, traditions, genders, and art disciplines. Here, she introduces my conversation with Remy Jungermann, first released on September 18, 2014. There are many podcasts I have enjoyed over the years since I was introduced to Cathy Bird by Amy Sherald in 2012, but the episodes she made during her residency in Amsterdam are very dear to my heart. My choice from the archive is the episode with artist Remy Jungerman. Five years after his podcast, he is the selection for the Dutch Pavilion in the Venice Biennale of this year. It has been a lot of work in Europe for non-white artists to conquer their rightful space within the art field, and he worked, worked, and worked. I'm extremely proud of Remy who worked consistently with great determination and passion, who kept investing in his own practice and never veered off the path of being a professional artist, nor of his artistic urgency and being him. That it is him this year in 2019 presenting his work in the Venice Biennale is so well-deserved. It gives me enormous joy and happiness and puts a big smile on my face. Today, we feature a conversation recorded during my residency in Amsterdam. On the day I arrived, I met artist Remy Jungermann quite by chance on the sidewalk outside his studio. I soon discovered that he's an artist from Suriname. His small country sits on the northeast coast of South America. It's a former Dutch colony with a rich and interesting history. Suriname is a place I knew not much about until I started looking at Remy's art. Though he's been living in the Netherlands for more than 20 years, I see both Europe and Africa in his work. So I asked him, what was it like to study art in his home country? Being born and raised in Suriname didn't have much influence in my work because those days we were educated at art school and the whole context was actually based on the development in modernism in what happened in Europe in uh, contemporary art those days. I think afterwards I start to think more about aesthetics which do come from the surrounding I was raised and born. And I think afterwards that start influencing my work. but. In the beginning, I was very much focused on what happened actually in the West. A recurring theme in your work is religion and ritual. Tell Mm. me about that. That theme also came into my work the last 
seven years maybe I can say and it came because I have a fascination actually for uh, the aesthetics of uh, Afro religions Remy explains why he's drawn to African altars and ritual objects. I'm taken by that kind of aesthetics in African religion, uh, uh, and which is also a practice in Suriname from uh, people from African descendants who came to Suriname as slaves. And what's important also in my connection is that I, in, I was born also from a maroon called Bros, Captain Bros, who fought for his freedom in the Suriname rainforest. And until today, there is a ritual place in Suriname, a physic altar, where there are still ancestral rituals. So by being part of these activities and looking at a religion in an aesthetic form that does influence my work nowadays. I've been doing a wall, I call them altar pieces, which are wall installations, existing of, of a grid. And on that grid, I put a shelf. Mm -hmm. And on top of the shelf, I add elements which you might connect to the African religion as bottles and this sort of elements. And in that way, I try to uh, make a piece, make an art piece which is on its own, but in a certain level connected to religion. I'm also working with collage, paper collage. And in the paper collage, I'm also adding elements which do come from this specific religion. And sometimes it's not only uh, uh, the Surinamese uh, Afro-religion, which is called Winti. I also add elements of Fudu, which is connected to Haiti. I've been traveling in Africa, searching for the real Fudu thing. I've been to the roots of Fudu in Benin. And uh, those elements of those things I saw during my journey are also aesthetic elements in my collage and my wall installations I call altar pieces. We talk about modernist geometry and the grid patterns in clothing worn during ritual ceremonies back home. I'm connecting it with modernism and modernism is actually the strict uh, grid form or abstract geometric forms which has been used by artists like Mondrian and uh, the grids actually are, are originally, they are patterns of cloth people wear during rituals. Lately, I've been doing, for instance, silk screens, which are based on, uh, on uh, cloth, which large abstract geometric forms, which the Surinamese maroons has been used as cloth dressed into and they've made them themselves. They are uh, or I think originated in quilts from from Africa. We talked about the fact that at one point in your career you felt that your work was just appreciated for 
being work. Mm. Good work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then at a point in the Netherlands, there passed a law to provide more opportunities for the diasporan artist, mm. I believe. Yeah. And you noted how everything changed when they made a distinction mm. in yeah. Well, your I think yeah. Art from yeah. other artists in yeah. Amsterdam. I think that's a, a colonial residue or something. I think in the fact that before uh, 2000, work was born. When I say our work is of artists with a Surinamese background who've been educated also in Holland, maybe sometimes even were born here. But at that time, you were just good artists and. The museum, Stalic Museum, bought your work. People were interested in what you're doing. Until a moment, a change came and they give the, the diaspora artists a sort of... to make them kind of special. But at that time, you were already special. You don't need it to become special. But by doing that, it makes a change in, your, in our development in the sense that people start to think that you're good because of the political influences. So I felt that there was one step backwards. But nowadays I believe that actually if you continue doing your work, at the end people will say, will see the quality of it. And during that period of time, it gave me also a possibility to, to think about that, what's happening, why it is what it is, and how come you're always being an artist who is sometimes in the chains of politics here in Holland. And then I realized that I'm an artist who's, who come from abroad in here. And in my culture context, there's only a connection to a Western uh, development in the art scene. But in elements I'm using in my work, there's no reference. There is no modern art written out of a Surinamese or our African context. So the only reference you do is connecting modernism, connecting Europe, the development in European art. So that's maybe why I also decide to, to work on this reference to find ways to uh, how you uh, uh, create your own history, even that has not been written. That was the sound of a toad mating ceremony. Toads were a part of the natural environment where Remy grew up. It turns out that toads can be inspiring. In Suriname, a couple of years ago, Ramey created a public art installation in his hometown featuring 21 knee-high toads. Well, a toad is it's a memory since my childhood. And toads were uh, things which were always there in your natural surrounding. But when I grew up as a child, I was always protecting this toad because friends were throwing stones at toads or whatever or blew them up and oh. are kind of protecting them in the sense like you should not kill the toad because God's gonna punish you 
always remember that and also got a nickname because of the fact I was protecting Toad. <laughs> <laughs> but if, uh, so what, what was your nickname? Like Talapi, in, and they said like Gado Austrafuyu, and that's the Suriname language, which means God is going to punish you. I was fortunate to do a residency, to do this specific residency in Suriname. At, in the place Mungo, which is 100 kilometers from Paramaribo. And it happened to be that I was born and raised in this place. So for me, it was, uh, ah, they asked me to do an uh, outdoor installation during my residency period of three months. And the idea came to do 21 totes. I, I built them out of concrete. I made them more. I made them first in clay, made them more and then cast 21 toads, uh, which are at on a specific location in Suriname. And well, I felt great about this uh, outdoor installation because I felt like for me, myself, it's a monument. And it's also a once a lifetime chance you're getting to build a piece in, your, uh, in the place you were born. At first, Remy wasn't sure if the community would like his project. In the beginning, I was afraid of the fact that how people are going to uh, interpret this piece. Are they going to be afraid of because in the toad there's the evil spirit. At the same time, the toad also has a wealth, has an idea of bringing people wealth, bringing them more money. And in Chinese uh, culture, you have the Feng Shu, which is the money frog. And this idea also played a role in Suriname culture, is that people who had a good business, people thought that they were growing a toad in their house, and it turned out to be a big, large toad. And we always want to see this toad. So with my brothers, we always went in the backyard of these people, but never, nobody ever saw this toad. So this is also this idea of mythology. And mythology. And by doing this thought, it's also like giving a face to that, to the myth. A symbol of good fortune in the neighborhood and the site of ceremonial photos, Remy's toads are on their way to becoming real. Or across the area, I put people who were selling watermelons. And they had like great business because there are many people coming to see the toads. And nowadays I heard also that there are people going there to do their uh, married pictures. Their photos for their wedding. The photos. wedding wedding uh, photos. Yeah. <laughs> so I, pre I made the toads and then I washed them with blue water, which is a pigment, the blue ultramarine pigment called blouse, which people use in a whitewash to whiten the cloth. In the winter religion, they use it also to protect against the evil spirit. So I washed them first with blue pigment, liquid, and then I, I, I give them another layer of kaolin. Kaolin is it's a kind of clay for porcelain. And by doing that, I sort of give them a, I made a ritual by adding the liquid. And what's going to happen now, the rain is going to wash the the white and the blue away, but for sure there will be areas on the frog where the rain don't reach. So I think what's going to happen in five years, this toad is going to be real 
in the sense that there are mushrooms going to grow on top of it and there will be white parts so it will be very colorful toad in five to ten years and i can see one outside the window of your studio that you're keeping an eye on to test yeah, what happens right. to the frog in the weather mm. and i love seeing that outside well you see like that i see this toad daily it's one i made here in holland because I'm kind of think how it's going to react because the climate here is very different. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking forward for the snow and how it's going to be there. And this toad also changes color all the time when it rains, it's dark mm -hmm. because of the concrete uh, skin. Yeah, a and toad for all seasons. Yeah. <laughs> this is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Thank you to curator, writer, and arts producer Sasha Days for highlighting Surinamese Dutch artist Remy Jungerman's commitment to exploring the relationship between European modernism and Afro-religious aesthetics. Re-releasing this 2014 episode is an opportunity to reflect on Jungerman's presence at the 58th Venice Art Biennale and the growing global awareness of his long-standing practice. Visit our website to learn more and hear other conversations from the world of contemporary art and culture. We invite you to review Fresh Art International on Apple Podcasts. Now is a great time to support our stories. Go to freshartinternational.com and click on the red support button to give us a boost. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk. <laughs>